Hello and welcome to another coffee soda of They Don't Teach This in Law School. The coffee soda is, of course, a mini episode and an opportunity to sit back with your favorite uh, cup of Java beverage or, hey, maybe you're out on a run and you are just going to enjoy one of these shorter episodes. You're going to notice, uh, if you're listening to this the week that it goes out, that things are a little bit out of order. So I'm testing a new order and seeing what it's like with having the mini episodes on the Tuesday and Friday be the main interview show. If you like this style, if for some reason that fits into rhythm for you better, let me know. If you think I have made a horrific mistake, yeah, I mean, I guess let me know that as well. Feedback is always welcome. Although my favorite feedback to get from you, and if you're willing to do it in the podcast app that you're in right now, truly deeply appreciated. If you want to go right now into the episode uh, and scroll down and find that little five-star thing, especially if you're an Apple podcast and you're willing to just click that five stars, even better if you're willing to write and leave a little review for the show, uh, that goes a long way towards it being put in front of additional law firm owners and entrepreneurial law uh, lawyers. Uh, and I will greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, send, let me know that you've left a review and I promise to do something cool for you. Okay. So the topic that we're going to go through here is creative restraints. I love talking about creative restraints because I do see the greatest creativity happening within constraints. And when we have too many resources, sometimes we lack in creativity. Uh, an abundance of ideas often leads to debate about which idea is best as opposed to having few options means you have to figure out which one to do the best. So not debate about which is best, but you have to do one the best. It's interesting how this works. I, I would refer you to your favorite band. How many people say that, oh, I like the first album they did the most? Why was that? Well, frankly, they didn't have the same tools, the same knowledge, the same ability, etc., that they did as they played more shows, mastered their craft more and more. This doesn't mean that they don't eventually create really high concept, interesting art. It's just that you often find that in the interim between maybe the first one or two albums, there's often a stumbling point for the next couple of albums. And that's because the scale of resources has gotten so great that oftentimes the even some of the best artists slip up. This is why you can often see stronger continuity of artistry in music formats like country and even some hip hop and rap because there are greater constraints overall. You know, in country, it's uh, you have the just the three chords and a story type of structure, and you will get a consistent product. This doesn't mean everyone loves the product, but when you encounter a country song, you kind of know what you're getting, and that simplicity of framework uh, means that the artists are often as creative, or at least seem as creative, album after album and can maintain their sound as opposed to a pop artist who maybe has a bunch more resources available to them and really just wants to experiment. But it's open-ended experimentation. I see this a lot in marketing and frankly, in leadership. In marketing, as your law firm scales up, you have a lot more money to spend on different ideas. And perhaps some of that money even gets spent more and more on collecting ideas. 
and you lose your creative constraints. When all you had was your really basic CRM, uh, your really simple content platform, uh, in your really basic case management system, you usually had to figure out how to make that work. Now, in this case, uh, perhaps the case management system is the place that you want to upgrade first because that has the deliverable for the client. Great. That's awesome. Go and do that. There's limited amounts of creativity involved there. Uh, although having too many options, I still see kill a lot of process development on the legal work within law firms. So even in that area, be careful about being sold on having so many options. Make sure you've got the right options. I would... I would suggest that in most software that you buy, you are better off buying the program that is missing perhaps one ancillary feature that you thought was cool rather than the program that can do three or four times more than what you need it to do. Because when you have it do three to four times more than what you need it to do, a lot of times it gets overcomplicated and the amount of stuff that you feel like you should be doing keeps you from actually doing it. You know, I have experienced one of the more complicated CRMs, Keep, or aka Infusionsoft. And there is so much that it can do that it often causes people to do little or nothing. Whereas if you have a program like Active Campaign, say, which is a really rudimentary CRM, a basic email marketing platform and can assemble some forms, you, you kind of know what it's built for. Or, or a program like ConvertKit that really is designed for creators and artistic types, it knows what it is for. It's not trying to be all that much more in your marketing outside of software. When you have all of these different ideas, because now the world has opened up and you start thinking, oh, I was really good at producing, let's say, YouTube videos. Well, now I want to know what it's like to be big across a bunch of other platforms or, hey, I managed to grow my Instagram account. And now I want to find out what it's like to master TikTok. And oh, by the way, I'm curious about Facebook and uh, YouTube shorts. And let's go after reels as well. And all of a sudden, you're just trying out all of these ideas because you want everything to proliferate faster and faster, and you have no creative constraints, so you can just toss, it feels like tossing ideas against the wall, and none of them really stick. Why did the first one stick? Probably because you were really into it, you were dedicated to it, and your skill set uh, and communication style just happened to match up with it. It's why if you're really, really good at seminars for, say, estate planning, you should continue doing a lot of seminars, and you don't need to over tinker with them. You can add layer by layer. Uh, a lot of times when you encounter, say, follow-up sequences, multimedia marketing, uh, and going from you know single modality campaigns to multimodality campaigns, we lose the thread because everything needs to be too clever by a half, to use a phrase I used to love to use, too clever by a half. And in doing so, the marketing never really connects because you, like I said, lose the thread. You lose that it's really about the ideal client. You lose that it is about that person. It's not about how amazing your campaign is. It is about the needs of that individual. And you just focus on being clever, on writing the best email, on all these exceptional hooks that in your mind seem great. And you're attaching all these different pieces. And oh my God, now we have this text message follow-up system, email and, and, and phone calls. And now we're doing web scraping to, uh, to gather IP addresses for reader. I don't know all this. I'm just kind of throwing stuff at the wall here. Uh, 
and nothing is mastered and therefore nothing is gained because you have so many resources and you can go and buy the, the text messaging program. You can go and buy the next level email marketing. You can go and buy direct mail lists and you're just buying all this stuff without having a real reason to do it just because you want to. Then in leadership, leadership is another place where it feels like everyone wants to experiment all the time. And admittedly, it is hard, especially early on, to develop and to establish and to maintain a particular leadership style. A lot of times people are always experimenting with leadership. And part of it is uh, the practice reps don't come as frequently as they do for marketing, because to be a leader, you need people to lead. And a lot of times it's a smaller law firm and we're doing some level of managing, or maybe we're simply employing people, but we're not quite yet leading them. And so we have to figure out what our leadership style is, putting in the reps on leadership, which isn't just direct commands, but also a blend of commanding, but also coaching uh, and giving people the freedom to develop while also making sure that they are accomplishing the objectives and, oh, by the way, defining the objectives and building the vision and all these other components that go into leadership uh, that are harder to practice. They also take more time than let's find out how this message does on a social media post or let's see uh, if this print newsletter manages to get a few phone calls from it, that is all much faster response than leadership, which is this iterative built upon process that happens over time and time. So without constraints on leadership, if you're always changing your leadership style, if you always think that I'm not a good enough leader, so now I'm going to finally be a Jack Welch style leader, right? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to six Sigma this thing. And you wonder why that doesn't work out. Well, because you maybe you just came from a heavy servant leadership position, and now you're testing out something that feels much stronger, you know, harder grip, and then maybe you're reverting to empathy, and then all of a sudden you read Tim Grover's uh, book, Relentless, and now you feel like you're going to uh, really beat people over the head, and it's like a you got to keep up thing. And n none of these are in and of themselves bad, wrong, good, the best. It's finding what works for you that you can consistently live in that space and stop trying on so many other identities. You will need to try some on. You will need to figure it out. But if your leadership identity is that you are always seeking a new leadership identity, your team will be confused. Your team will not know what direction to go in. They will not respond in the way that you're hoping because you have no constraints. Art, marketing, leadership, these are all spaces that benefit from constraints on learning to do more with less. How do I make the most out of these three opportunities than try and find the next 15 opportunities? And most of us just want to imagine the next 15 opportunities because we're gamblers, right? We're always gambling on the next thing rather than maximizing what we have. We go for width instead of depth. And what I'm putting forward here is you need to focus more on depth. Depth in a few critical areas in your practice produces tremendous results. As a matter of fact, you should make parts of what you do boring. Your marketing should follow a system a set of principles, 
a strategy, and then you can tinker with the tactics as long as they're within the framework. And oh, by the way, don't I love it when people talk about like, oh, you shouldn't pay attention to, to tactics. You need to be principles and just strategy. And then they start talking about stuff that are clearly divergent strategies that are distracting people and lambasting those somehow as tactics and getting their language all kinds of mixed up. Tactics are, hey, let's let's learn how to tinker with headlines within the larger strategy of a multimedia follow-up campaign that comes from a principle of direct response marketing or maximizing every lead. Big, big difference. So you got to have your principles, strategies established, and then you can tinker with tactics. But when you are thinking about diving into a new strategy, or even more so if you're thinking about really building upon a new core principle of what you do, be considerate of what whether or not this is an appropriate choice and if you are just loosening things up too much. Again, work within constraints. You produce better work under constraints. Why do you think deadlines are so important? If you don't have an actual deadline, which you don't for the most part, to press launch on a marketing campaign, it will be in the laboratory being tinkered with until kingdom come. Whereas if somehow you have an actual deadline that you're held accountable to, like, hey, I am pre-purchasing the postage uh, and printing costs on this. And oh, by the way, printer, if I don't get the material to you by this point in time, uh, you can deduct 50% of that and just hold that, right? If I don't get it to you, it's going to cost me $1,500 out of the 3000 that I prepaid of just dead money. You do something like that and you will find a way to make it work. All of a sudden that constraint makes creativity happen. You will push that thing over the finish line. But when you lack that deadline, when you lack that constraint of some kind or another, whether it is the principal strategy, deadline, et cetera, the work will just be ideation and it will go on forever. And we don't want that. I want you to press launch as much as possible. That's why I want you to have constraints. If you are interested in an extra level of accountability, drive, push, and hey, why not punishment <laughs> uh, to get more done in your law firm and you want to play ball with 15 firm owners, yourself included, on putting constraints to get more done, on holding each other accountable, on driving each other forward, the Genesis Mastermind Program is launching at the beginning of 2024. And if you want one of those 15 seats of which right now, I believe four are currently claimed. I think one person I'm just waiting for a final yes on. If you are interested in that space, you need to reach out to me as soon as possible. So that way we can get on the phone. We can talk about if this is a right fit for you. If it's not, that's okay. This is going to be a very special, experimental, mad scientist-y type of program. It may not be the right fit for everyone. But if it is the right fit for you, I promise it will be the right fit for you, something like you have never experienced before, something that will be an unbelievable force multiplier in your life and law firm. So if you want to talk with me about the Genesis Mastermind program, reach out to me at charlie, C-H-A-R-L-E-Y at lawfirmalchemy.com. That's charlie, C-H-A-R-L-E-Y at lawfirmalchemy.com and tell me that you want to talk about Genesis. All right, well, we'll see if this little episode switcheroo works out well, works in our favor. Uh, and I will see you in the next episode of They Don't Teach This in Law School.